Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honour come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Let's sing our first hymn. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bow down before him, his glory proclaim. And then Steve Potts will lead us in our Bible reading. Let's sing this hymn. taken is of two psalms, uh, commencing with Psalm 46, which is on page 471 in the Church Bibles, headed, God is our fortress. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And our second reading is from Psalm 29, which is page 461 in the Church Bibles, headed, Ascribe to the Lord Glory, Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name, worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord gives the deer, sorry, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Our next song we're going to sing, we've not sung in the service before, but many of you will know it. And we're going to sing it through twice. My Jesus, my Saviour, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love.
Shall we pray together? Let's pray. Lord, our great God, help us as we come to pray this evening. And Lord, our desire as your people is that our days may be full of, filled with praise to you. That our lives might be one of continuing and increasing knowledge of our great and living God. Lord, we could never hope to contain all of your greatness within our um, minds and our capability to fathom you. But Lord, in our, our small and inadequate way, we want to give you the praise. We want to give you the glory. As we think of the greatness of your power in creation, that you spoke and it appeared, that you sustain all that you have created. You hold the whole universe in your hand and everything works out, everything plans out and plays out to the song that you have written. And Lord, surely the whole earth is full of your glory. Lord, we thought this morning of your amazing love to forgive such sinners in your greatest time of need, to care for those who are weak and frail and afraid. Lord, we are amazed at the the depth and the width and the height of your amazing love. It is truly a love out of our time. And yet you brought it into our world, into your world, to send your son, our saviour. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that in this dark world there is hope. We thank you that the gospel gives life. It gives truth. It gives peace. It gives a place of refuge in the Lord. And Lord, we we praise you if we have found that, if indeed you have found us. uh, So by faith we have found you. Lord, we are immensely privileged. And we confess this evening that our lives don't match up to what you have done for us. We so often don't grasp really what grace is all about. And uh, we often try to make ourselves acceptable to God. Look towards our self-righteousness. And Lord, we, we want to rid ourselves of that as we cling only on to Jesus Christ, who is our hope in life and death. And by his wonderful grace, we've been saved. Lord, fill our hearts with the joy that should come from that so that we might live out the gospel. That as your word says, our lives might adorn the gospel to show off in some way its beauty, its attractiveness to those who are lost in darkness. Lord, I pray that we will get to know you better. I pray that you'll draw us into your presence and that as we seek to live this coming week for you, that you would strengthen us in that, that you'd help us You know, Lord, more than we do, are the trigger points in our individual lives that would seek to lead us astray, the temptations that we fall for so often, the coldness that comes through our waywardness and our distance from you. Oh, Lord, please help us to get our priorities right. Please help us to love you with all of our lives, with all of our heart, that we will have that one goal and focus and direction to please our Saviour. So Lord, how we thank you for your grace. 
Thank you that you are to us a place of refuge. You are our tower and our strength. A place of peace when the storm is raging around us. And Lord, many of us can testify to that, that in our darkest moments, and maybe we're going through them now, that you are our rock and a refuge and a support to us. Lord, we thank you for that and pray that we will continue to draw on your strength. And help us, Lord, we pray. Lord, we commit to you the situation in Ukraine and, and Lord, in the back of our minds we have the unthinkable um, escalation and mass loss of life. And we pray that that's where it will stay, in the back of our minds. We pray that you will restrain the powers of evil, that you'll bring peace in war. And that, Lord God, you would work powerfully in that situation. Lord, as we live this life between your first and second coming, there's so much which is which baffles us, which so much we don't understand of the way that you're working. And that must have been how it felt like in the Old Testament. But your plan was unfolding and working through suffering, through happiness, through joy, through loss, through disaster, to bring about the saviour of the world. And Lord, we know that your kingdom reigns over all. And it is for us, as we have so many questions unanswered, uh, to walk by faith and not by sight. So Lord, would you help us do that? Would you help those who are in the war zone to do that too? We pray for Christians who have perhaps been able to meet today to worship with a more earnestness in their prayers a more keenness to know your presence with them. Lord, we've proved that you never fail to deliver in our greatest times of need, and may that be something they prove today and in the coming days and in the coming weeks. We especially pray for those who are vulnerable, for the women, for the children, for those who are disabled. We pray for those who are working in hospitals and seeking to bring healing and care to those who need it, Lord, we pray you'll protect them. And Lord, again, we pray for peace. We pray for world leaders who are in the delicate situation of getting involved and not. Lord, we ask that you'll give them wisdom. Lord, that even in these times, people will turn to you in their desperate need for your help and for your strength. Lord, we commit to you this coming week as we look ahead. We know nothing of what each day will hold. We make our plans and we say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Aware that our lives are a vapour here and then gone so quickly. But Lord, help us to live each day by faith. We pray for this coming week and ask that you will especially be with the Hope Explored group as they meet. We thank you so much for those who've come on that each time that we organise these events, we're never sure quite who's, who's going to sign up or whether anyone will, but we thank you for the people you've sent our way and we ask that the gospel truth will be like a seed falling into good ground, where there will be life, where there will be growth, where there will be fruit. Lord, we long to see great results to your praise through our efforts to share the gospel with others. Lord, we pray for first steps this coming week. 
help those who work hard with that and the um, the energy involved in leading and setting up and leading that group. We thank you for the many opportunities of uh, new contacts into uh, our church life here and into Sunday school, and we ask your blessing on that too. Again, we pray for John as he uh, gives his testimony on Tuesday, John Fuller, and we ask that you'd help him there, that the clear message of the, message of the gospel will be heard there too. We thank you for our Sunday school and our teacher, teachers. We thank you for Rooted and their teachers. Lord, we pray for your provision, where there are gaps, where there are resources that are needed, and we look to you, Lord, to provide for that. And Lord, help us never to lose that great focus that we have to teach your truth simply to children and young people that will give them a better understanding of who God is and what it is to follow him. And again, Lord, we pray that as the seed is planted, it will grow and bring forth fruit. Lord, help each one of us this week in our different needs and what we face. Lord, help us in everything to honour you in our lives. We do just pray for Rob and Vicky expecting... uh, their child this coming week, we ask that you'd help Vicky through childbirth. It will bless that family uh, with a new little one and be with them at this time, we pray. So Lord, hear our prayers. Help us during this week to be much in prayer, to seek you in all that we do. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Amen. Well, before John preaches to us from Psalm 29, we're going to sing... Uh, This great hymn, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made.
if you can, have open uh, Psalm 29 in front of you. If you have a Bible or an app, it might help you as we follow it through. We had a lovely time in Lincolnshire. We also had a very windy time in Lincolnshire. And I also read this psalm while I was there, and it came with new relevance. It's not the first time I've had an encounter with the psalm. Many years ago, a good number of people connected with here were involved with the start of Discover Bible Notes. And as part of that, people wrote a few notes for children and they got put together and distributed. Of course, since then, it's been properly published and so forth. Well, as part of that, I had a batch of psalms to write Bible notes on and one of them was Psalm 29. I think I was a student at the time, it was a long time ago. I don't think I did a very good job, and I'm sure when the next cycle came round, uh, they updated and upgraded what was written about Psalm 29 in Discover Bible Notes, but it's kept the psalm in my mind. It's just a reminder that when you have an opportunity to study or teach or influence others, whether it does, does them any good, it certainly drills it into your own mind and is a great blessing. It also is a a psalm which has stayed in my mind because I remember Peter Rao preaching from it many years ago, that would have been now, and uh, he especially emphasised verse 10 and that stayed with me and we'll come to that, which is another uh, reminder really of what a blessing it is hopefully to hear the, the word being preached and hopefully different parts of it do stay in your mind and come back to you in the future so that events like this evening and today have a, a lasting impact and significance. What a blessing that is. Well, we had three storms in the space of a week, didn't we? Dudley, Eunice and Franklin. We had wind speeds of 120 miles an hour, uh, if you were at the Needles of the Isle of Wight, which would have been a bit inadvisable in the circumstances. We had the roof of the O2 arena ripped off in part. I guess there was stuff down on your street, wasn't there? Stuff down affecting your journeys, I expect. It was almost like a lockdown again, wasn't it? Because of the wind and the advice. It delayed our return journey from Lincolnshire. We were planning to leave at 10, but decided to leave it till half five in the evening. It was still 70 mile hour winds in Lincolnshire at the time, but uh, uh, the rest of the journey was good. Over 150 flood warnings in place across the UK at one point. Thousands without power. We've had our experience of storms, and here in this psalm is a storm. as thunder and lightning, as well as wind and rain. And you can imagine this psalm being written during or soon after a storm. We'll follow the storm in the middle part of the psalm. As we go through the psalm, we'll find our mind goes to the heavens, our mind goes to the storm, Our mind goes to the throne, and our mind goes to the people. Storms do different things, don't they? They send our minds in different directions, even biblically. We think of comfort and security, and so we enjoyed some of us being in Psalm 46 on Thursday. 
We think of what it is to have a good foundation as you think of Jesus' teaching about the wise and the foolish builder and the storm that comes. It makes us concerned for those who are affected and afflicted by storms. But here, the emphasis is especially God's majesty. God's majesty. The Lord fills the psalm. The psalm brings attention to God. In fact, the Lord is mentioned 18 times in just 11 verses. It is a a God-filled psalm. It is a psalm which encourages us to recognise his glory. To recognise his glory, and we hear of that four times in the psalm. The glory of God. So we're going to go through the psalm. Think of the heavens storm, the throne, the people on earth. Let's think first then of... That's off, let me try again. Think of our first point, glory to God in the heavens, as verses 1 and 2. We start off having our minds turned to the heavens, and we find really that we're not addressing God, but we're speaking to angels. Do you ever find yourself speaking to angels? It's not typical. I'm not sure it's something that we should go in for big time, but if you've ever sung the doxology, you've done it. Praise him above you heavenly host. If you've ever read out loud or sung Psalm 103, you've done it. And if you've ever repeated Psalm 29, you have also done it. Here we have it in verses 1 and 2. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. But in speaking to them, we are really stirring ourselves, aren't we? Because they already do this, and they're much better at this, and it's us that are slow. We're encouraged as we think of those words, as we voice those words, to, to, to give something, to credit something to God. Well, what is that? Well, we're told three times, glory, glory. The first time, just add suspense. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. What? What? What are we? To, what are they to ascribe to Him? The second time tells us what? Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The third time tells us of His worthiness for these things. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. And then it adds, if you like, a quality of God which should stir us. Worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. Do you want the angels to give God glory? Do you want others to give God glory? Do you want to do that yourself? To give God glory? Well, we need stirring, don't we? So a little quote from an old Baptist preacher called Spurgeon as he looks at this psalm. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. A third time the admonition is given, for men are backward 
in glorifying God and especially great men who are often too much swollen with their own glory to spare time to give God his rightful praise, although nothing more is asked of them than is most just and right. Well, I'm hoping that uh, this psalm will stir us to do what the angels do so well, to give God glory. And I think we can link it in with uh, the psalm as a whole, with the storm thing, because one of the things that a storm does is show the glory and majesty of God. We just sung, I, I hear the mighty thunder, then sings my soul about God's greatness. He has another little quote in the next page. Again, quite quaint. The call to worship in these two verses chimes in with the loud pealing thunder, which is the church bell of the universe ringing kings and angels and all the sons of earth to their devotions. So he's saying, that thunder is like the church bells calling to worship. Glory to God in the heavens, stirring us to glorify God on earth. We move on in the psalm, and we can think about the storm itself particularly, and we can be thinking in terms of listen to God in the storm. Listen to God in the storm. We're in verses 3 to 9 here and we really we follow uh, the path and the force of the storm through these verses. I don't know if you enjoy thunderstorms. You enjoy thunderstorms? Not everyone does. I'm not sure I do all that much. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, that's the great theologian in America in previous centuries, after his conversion, he enjoyed thunderstorms. He enjoyed it as it made him think of the, the greatness and the glory of God. So he says he put himself somewhere where he could see it. I quote, to fix myself in order to view the clouds and see the lightnings play and hear the majestic and awful voice of God's thunder. We do need things sometimes to shake us out of our ordinary and often low views of God. And a storm does that. A storm does that. In the storm, there is power. And it's not merely the power of nature. That's, in a way, an inadequate phrase in and of itself. It is the power of the Creator, which is also demonstrated. Slightly different. And you don't get it on the documentaries and programs. The power of the Creator. And here, this psalm sees it. Did you notice a a repeating phrase seven times in verses 3 to 9? He sees it as the voice of the Lord. So it's not literally saying that the the, the lightning clap is God's voice, but it is saying it's a, a revelation of God. It's conveying God's power. And we track the storm. 
uh, maybe you saw the weather forecast in the build up to the storms we were having uh, and perhaps it was coming in from the Atlantic and uh, it was going to hit the southwest first, it was going to work across the south of England and head up to uh, further north, hence in Lancashire it was still 70 miles an hour when we were wanting to leave. You saw the path of the storm across the land and it does in this psalm comes from over the waters, verse 3. The voice of the Lord is over the, the waters. Probably thinking of the waters as in, as in the, the Mediterranean, um, in the west from Israel. That's where the storm is starting and brewing and coming from. And we're impressed by the power of it in verses 3 and 4. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Even the old pop song goes, thunder, lightning, very, very frightening. There is a power, a majesty, an awesomeness in the display of the storm. God's power and majesty and awesomeness are displayed. And then the storm comes into the the north of the country or just north of the country. Lebanon is, is renowned for its big cedars. In fact, it's still on the flag today. There we go, there's a Lebanese flag and you have a big cedar in the middle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, emblem, em, you know the word I mean, of, of Lebanon. It's a key feature of Lebanon. And they grow big. Here's one, the biggest one in the UK, which is at uh, Goodwood in Chichester. And uh, you can see it's quite a sizeable fellow. And in fact, it is now nine metres round. So, it's a metre, is, is my arm at a metre? So, you've got nine of, of those going round. You've got four and a half people, five people linked round to get round the tree. That's, that's big, isn't it? And what does the storm do as it comes through? What does the storm do as it comes through? It breaks them. It breaks them. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian as Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. Uh, Some of us have our minds going back to 1987, the big hurricane in the country. which caught Michael Fish off guard, you might remember or seen it on the news. And uh, it was in that storm that uh, seven oaks, called because it had seven big oaks, as you might remember, became one oak. Six of the big oaks were blown over in the storm. And so many others were flattened. Lightning (coughs) comes with (coughs) the storm. Verse 7, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. I looked on a website. The average lightning bolt apparently has an average of one billion volts. One billion volts. 
looking for volts on light bulbs on the website, uh, generally give or take about 100 volts. And you've got a, a billion volts in a, in a bolt of lightning. Enough to give energy for a small town for a whole day. There are about 44 million strikes in the world of lightning a day, apparently. That's 44 every second. A widespread demonstration of the power of God, part of natural revelation, general revelation. The storm has then come in from the west, it's been in the north, Lebanon, Mount Hermon. Seems now to have travelled south by the time you get to verse 8. It's in the area of Kadesh, that's an area that Moses was involved with, it's desert area. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. It seems to lead to premature births in nature and it leads to flattened forests. Verse 9, the Lord, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. Well, you've seen that, haven't you? The trees down, sometimes quite a few together. I remember travelling, when we were travelling Sunday morning to go to the church at Binscombe, and uh, in a patch of about, say, a hundred metres, there were three big trees that had come down across the road and had needed to be sawn up so that the road was clear. You see other areas of forest where a number of have been flattened. The voice of the Lord strips the forests bare. So you grasp, don't you, a sense of the power and the majesty and the awesomeness of God's power in a demonstration of the storm. Devastation, sadness, in some ways the contorted effects of the fall, but a, a demonstration of the power of God that humbles us. And it makes the people in the temple say something. And we find that in verse 9 at the end of this course. And in his temple, all cry, glory. They're impressed with the power of God. Maybe they're in the centre of Jerusalem, they, the centre, they see it coming, it's gone past, and they're, they're filled with a sense of awe at the might and the power and the majesty of God. God is communicating, you see, the voice of the Lord. And the question is, are you listening? When you see things like that, when you experience things like that, are you listening to the the voice of the Lord, to the demonstration of his majesty? Um, One uh, event I'll never forget was when we were leading camp many years ago and... um, uh, There was a thunderstorm, that that happens reasonably often, Um, camp time being August, and uh, it's not a very nice experience for leaders to work through and know how to to deal with. Well, we had one thunderstorm, and it was um, 
it was overhead for an hour, maybe more than an hour. And when I say overhead, I mean it overhead. There was just lightning going all around. It was a huge racket. Um, it was alarming for us as leaders to know what to do. This was at night. Um, there's a clearer policy about how they handle it now, which came out of that. Uh, but we decided uh, in that situation to give the campers um, um, the option of going to the Sunday school if they were frightened. But there were two troubles. One is uh, being heard when you're shouting through the canvas um, and you've got lightning all around and torrential rain on the canvas. That was one problem. But the second main problem is that most of them slept through it. Most of them slept through it. It was, I think, the Friday night or the Thursday night. It had been a full week, a tiring week, and they just slept through the whole storm. Can I ask you, is that what you're doing? When you see signs which demonstrate the power of God, you're sleeping through it, deaf to it, unmoved by it. These demonstrations of God's power and majesty. Do they make you tremble in any sense and turn you towards the Lord. We then got two separate verses as we move on. In some ways they're conclusions. They're moving us onwards. We're going to take one at a time. Thirdly, remember God is on the throne. This was the verse that I remember Peter Rao emphasising and it's such an encouraging verse. We've, we've seen that, um, we've already seen that God is over things. He, he's over the waters. In verse 3 we had that particularly where it said, the voice of the Lord is over the waters, the Lord over many waters. He's not under them, he's not engulfed by them. And here it is again as we come to verse 10. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. He sits enthroned. He's not on the run. He's not perplexed. He's not scrambling to sort it out. We might be under the table, we might be behind the sofa if that's our disposition towards storms, but God is on the throne. God is on the throne. And there is a specific in mind here, and I think this is particularly amazing. Notice it says, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. Now, there's only one other place in the Bible where that phrase, the flood, is mentioned in that way in the original language. It is in Genesis, in relation to the flood, to Noah's flood. And that was the most uh, devastating, chaotic, destructive occurrence in the history of the world. The most chaotic, destructive occurrence in the whole world. And even then, the Lord was 
on the throne, enthroned over the flood. And not to minimise the the awful damage, the suffering experience, but the Lord is sovereignly over what is happening. Things won't go beyond the limits that he sets. They won't go outside his glorious, righteous, loving purposes. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. And that's a good thing to remember if we're frightened of storms. It's a good thing to remember when life seems to have uh, events which are uh, chaotic, uh, troubling, uh, destructive, damaging. It's a good thing for us to remember at the minute with the global situation, with the alarm and growing concern that we all feel as we hear the news coming from the area of Ukraine and wonder quite what's going to happen, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. I think that's quite a verse to take home with you. Maybe you might find that in a good few years' time you'll be thinking back to, didn't our old pastor preach from Psalm 29, verse 10, and that was at the time of all the international strife, and that was a comfort to me. Take verse 10 home, maybe, if you forget everything else. Perhaps it will be helpful in the turmoil and difficulties of your own life circumstances, which feels very storm-like, unsettled, flood-like, chaotic, unpredictable, dark. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. But it's not just the flood, as though that was God's heyday, as though that was when God was at his peak in terms of being in charge back in Genesis 6 to 9. It's not that God was a God of yesteryear over that sort of situation. No, we carry on to the second half of verse 10 and it says this, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. This is an ongoing situation. God on the throne in overall sovereign control through the tumult and uncertainty of events. Remember God is on the throne. Well then, finally, it's good isn't it when we take it slowly, you might have read Psalm 29 and you go through it quickly, but when we're going slowly, you notice things that you didn't notice before, did you? And then we come to verse 11, And we have in mind the people, especially God's people. We can put it like, I've lost it. We can put it like this, peace to God's people on the earth. Now, verse 11, I love this verse. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. I've often found myself praying that. Um, and I haven't always, I didn't used to really know where it was from, but it was just something that reflected what I wanted for me and for others, and felt myself praying as I walked up the road, may the Lord give strength to his people, may the Lord bless his people with peace. And then I found out, you know, what, what it was tagged to, and it's 
tag to this psalm. And I think that gives it extra meaning, actually, an extra weight, extra significance. Despite the alarm of the situation, despite the unsettledness of a powerful storm, the expectation and, and the prayer is that God, this God, will give his people strength and peace. That they're safe somehow. That they'll be helped through. Survive. It reminds me of a photo I've seen before. Again, it was uh, in um, Peter uh, Peter Rao's house, and we used to, I used to see it when we used to have deacons meetings there many years ago. Uh, so I think it's called Peace in the Tempest. And uh, if you've seen this image, it doesn't seem to like it. The minute I go on, will it? It's coming, is it? I think perhaps it's too many pixels, maybe. Give it a, give it a moment. Press it again, see if that helps. No. Well, we'll come back to that when it comes up. If it comes up. I won't, I won't tell you about the photo. We'll see if it comes up, then I'll explain it. But I will tell you about something else, which is of similar ilk, which is quite current. And that is that, um, I think it was yesterday, I saw a video clip. And the video clip was um, in an underground or a subway uh, in Ukraine and there was a big group of people there and they were singing God's praises they were singing God's praises heartily, big group of them uh, Esther started to play to me I thought that's Ukrainian voices, we heard Ukrainians sing when we were over there, could recognise their style of singing, they were singing the praises of God and there they are in such a such awful circumstances Uh, not knowing what's going to unfold for them in the coming uh, days, weeks, months. But they were expressing the praises of God. They were strengthened by him. They were feeling his peace. Well, believer, God is able to give you strength and peace in the storms. This God of power is able to strengthen you. Reminds me of Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Well then, I wonder if we're going to get this before I move on. Can I try one more? Ah, there we go. Right, this is it. Peace in the storm. Well, you see the size of those waves. Apparently this is on the Bay of Biscay. You see the size of those waves round uh, the lighthouse. Yeah, you'd be gone, wouldn't you, in an instant if you ended up in those waves. And yet, you see in the lighthouse, do you see that there's actually someone there, just standing? Let me have a bit of a closer up. Somebody's standing, looks like they're just in jumper and jeans in the doorway, surrounded by that. Because they are sheltered, and they're protected, and they're safe. 
And that's what it does to know the Lord and to know his strength and to know his sovereignty and to be in the tower, like John was saying this morning, with all the different characters of God. We can know peace and strength in the tempest, even in the light of the thunderstorm and the power and the demonstration of majesty. Peace to God's people on the earth. I have one sort of final line of thought to pursue. How is it that such a majestic God can give peace to his people. Did you notice the first heading? Glory to God in the heavens, or we could have called it, I did at first, glory to God in the highest. You notice the last heading, which is from this psalm really. Peace to God's people on the earth. Does it remind you of another time? when there was a great heavenly noise. Brings us to Luke chapter 2 and verses 13 and 14, the shepherds see. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The praise heard from the angels at the announcement of the good news to the shepherds. Peace to earth because his son, the saviour, has come. Believers are secure in him. Their situation has been dealt with. We have peace through the cross. And so here in this psalm we have glory to God in the highest, peace on earth towards men. Because the majestic, eternal God has given peace, which you enjoy, believer, by the provision of his Son on the cross as a sacrifice for your sin, so that you may know peace, whatever happens, you are secure in him, however tumultuous, however chaotic, however uncertain, however frightening, however thunderous like it feels and is. So we have a stormy psalm. And I hope as we come away from the stormy psalm, we'll be impressed with God's majesty and want to give him glory that we'll listen to his voice, that we'll remember that he is on the throne and we'll enjoy the peace we can have through his Son, the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great psalm, isn't it? Shall we sing our last song, which reminds us of the Lord being on the throne? Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand?
we thank you for the window on your majesty that we have in this psalm, for the right perspective it gives us in some of the powerful events we see around us. We pray for ears to hear your voice and to give you glory. And we pray to remember that you are on the throne. Lord, we don't like the storms. We can feel very anxious in the storms. We find ourselves like Peter starting to look at the wind and the waves and we lose sight of you and your glory and your majesty. Lord, we don't want to downplay the seriousness, the significance, uh, the sadness of the events in our lives and the events between nations at this time. But we pray that as people of faith, we may be able to behold our God who is on the throne. And we pray, Lord, that you may give strength to your people and bless your people with peace. And especially we pray that for brothers and sisters in the Ukraine at this time, asking in the name of Jesus, Amen.